You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. I'm going to be iconic. Welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper. You can find me on Twitter at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And I'm Cliffy D. You can also find me on Twitter or X or whatever it's called nowadays at Cliffy D. And this episode of the Alouette's Flight Deck is presented by our good friends over at Sportbuff. Where right now, if you use the promo code Al's Flight Deck 10 at checkout, you will save 10% off your entire order. Head on over to www.sportbuffshop.com, use the code, save some money, and as always, folks, support local. Have you missed any of the previous episodes of the Alouette's Flight Deck? Well, don't worry. They're all available over on our archive, and that can be found at www.alouette'sflightdeck.ca. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Alouette's FL Deck, Facebook over at Alouette's Flight Deck Pod, Instagram over at Alouette's Flight Deck, and the same thing, too, for our Threads account that is also over at Alouette's Flight Deck. YouTube, where we have all the past episodes of the uh, of the podcast and of our Flight Deck Live episodes, which will be available ASAP after they are, are shot. Uh, you can find that over at YouTube.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck. And if you want to rep our merchandise, whether it be in the city or around the world, you can head over to teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck. And also, hey, Cliff, we can't forget, and it's the best thing to do right off the bat, my friend. We do have a, a, an interview this week, and uh, it is a must-listen to, in my opinion. But we will be speaking with Wesley Sutton, current DB, obviously, with the Alouettes, where he talks about his career and uh, about what he thinks about the current 2023 Alouette. So uh, stay tuned for that ep- uh, that interview, eh, Cliff? Because uh, uh, it's a pretty good one. Absolutely. It was definitely a, a treat to be able to speak with Wesley. And, uh, yeah, it was short but sweet. We, we had a chance to speak with him this evening and uh, got to learn quite a bit about uh, this young man and the impact that he's had on this team defensively. So, folks, make sure you're, you're tuning in for that. But uh, first, we've got a game to recap. And... We, we, we talked about it a little bit on flight De- the last episode of Flight Deck Live, but uh, I, I think it bears repeating just how incredible this victory was this past Friday against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah, oh, no kidding. I mean, it is uh, – this team seems to be gelling at the right time. Uh, obviously, there were a couple of – you know, what – I guess Ryder fans could say were a couple of circumstances when it came to the Riders coming into Montreal. It was on a short week. Um, but, you know, it seems that all teams have short weeks no matter where they're coming in from. Um, but again, you know, the Alouettes did what they needed to do. It was another opponent. It was their, you know, it was their chance to continuously to go one and oh each week. And then that's what they were able to do. I mean, it's, uh, the scoreboard itself says it all, eh, Cliff? I mean, the Alouettes came away with a 41-12 shellacking of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And, uh, with all honesty, dude, it was never close. No, not really. I, I, I feel like Saskatchewan was just constantly chasing the Alouette's tail, and it didn't, it didn't feel like there was any sort of threat from them as far as like trying to trying to match the Alouette's. Like, the Alouette's came in, and 
right off the bat, there was a, a little bit of a surprise because uh, Cody Fajardo had, you know, throughout practice this the, the week before had said he wasn't sure if he was going to, they weren't sure if they were going to play or not or what was happening, but they, they kept their cards close to the vest when it came to deciding whether or not he was going to play. And sure enough, he dressed, he went to warmups, but, uh, Ultimately, just before uh, before kickoff, the Alouettes announced that uh, no Cody Fajardo would be the third string quarterback last Friday, and instead, the honor of playing goes to one Caleb Evans. Yeah, that's true, man. I mean, it's it, first start I think since since being in Ottawa, since coming over here from Ottawa. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, a completely I would say a completely different type of quarterback than uh, than Cody Fajardo. I mean, obviously, he, you know Caleb is known for uh, his running ability. Uh, he is, if I'm not mistaken, he is the the current record holder for most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in a single season. So he, he said that last mm-hmm. year in Ottawa. So we do yeah. know that he has one. You know, he has a he, he's just more than a one trick pony. Let's just let's just put it that way. So. And yeah, he was he was typically being used for short yardage this year, uh, but still got managed to stick in for a couple plays here and there. And again, did not look awful in doing so. So it, he, as far as I'm concerned, he was given the opportunity to show what he can do. And certainly, you know, it, it was not a perfect game by any stretch, but he certainly did get a chance to show what he could do. And it was actually quite impressive. Oh, I know. Considering that he only went eight of 13 for the entire game. And considering that the Alouettes did that, score that, 41 that, points. <laughs> see, th- that part wasn't so impressive, but it's it's all the other stuff that he did mm-hmm. in the meantime and the incorporation of the ground game and just making the right decisions. I mean, again, not perfect. Uh, he un- unfortunately was, you know, he did have one interception, but... Uh, yep, in the red I mean, zone. Yep, in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> by and large, though, he... I, I hate using the term game manager, but it, that is what he did. He did manage this game. All he had to do was not make mistakes. And truthfully, aside from that, the the one pick, and uh, you know, the, he was sacked a couple of times. But I mean, truthfully, he played a pretty decent game, considering he didn't hundred percent know if uh, he was going to go or not. So, got to give got to give credit to Caleb Evans. Give give credit to this organization for making sure that he was as ready as possible, and. Really, truly, I mean, this this was a team effort as far as uh, getting this victory. Just how all three facets of the football just looked absolutely dominant against this Rough Riders team. It varies. It really did seem that as if the Alouettes had a uh, a game A and a game B plan, so to speak, because you know, with with the uncertainty with uh, Cody Fajardo and if he was going to start or not, um, I, I was quite impressed because you know we're usually under the impression that the first fifteen plays are scripted uh, for each game. Uh, on offense and if they actually had come up with technically 30 different plays depending on which quarterback it was what a job what a job that they you know what a again what a great job that they did yeah and not just uh uh, 15 different plays uh like plan a and plan b but also too let's not forget william standback didn't play as well so you also Mm -hmm. had to incorporate walter fletcher and boy, oh, how did they ever incorporate Walter Fletcher into this offense? Oh, Fletch did an absolute amazing job. I mean, uh, I know we'll talk about the stats, you know, more in depth in a couple of minutes here. But, dude, the Alouettes had close to 190 total yards in rushing between Caleb Evans, Jeshwin Antwi, and Walter Fletcher. That That's amazing. 
I mean that that that's the type of game that that's up up there with the the last two hundred yard game from William Stambeck. And again, it may have been three people, but each of them did their job. Yeah, and uh, it's actually funny. After the game, we talked with uh, head coach Jason Moss, and I, I said to him, "I know you had said throughout the week that you know, as far as you and Cody were concerned, this is just another game, even though it was against your former team." But I asked him, like. You got to admit, it has to be pretty sweet, considering one of the biggest criticisms against you last year was your abandoning of the run. To be able to have Antwi Fletcher and Evans basically run rush out over the Rough Riders, that's got to be a little bit sweet. And he kind of cracked a smile. I was like, I'm not going to lie, that is pretty sweet. <laughs> and yeah, he said the circumstances were a little different in Saskatchewan. So, I mean, there's a, a lot that really hasn't come out in regards to that. But I mean, as, as far as Moss is concerned, though, that's in the past and the past is way behind him. Like he's just focusing on the here and the now and just, I, I think there was a big, very big part of him that was glad to have not have to deal with this whole playing your former team thing. But uh, I, I'm pretty sure that he's, he's walked away extremely proud of these guys and feeling just a little bit of relief knowing that, okay, I was able to no not show up necessarily the rough riders, but show that, Hey, I'm not who you think I was as far as, you know, some of the coaching woes that happened with uh, Moss in Saskatchewan last year. He's not that guy. He's a different coach now. And truthfully, I'm here for it. And Alwitz Nation should be here for it as well. Yeah, for sure. And by the way, do you really think it would have made any difference defensive-wise and even score-wise if if Mason Fine had not left the game with a hamstring and, and basically turned over the, the duties to uh, Dick Drillagala? Uh it's hard to say, really, because, I mean, a lot of people were clamoring for Jake Dolagala to be playing and even starting. Uh, you know, the, a lot of people were not too happy with Mason Fine and felt he was just, uh, well, fine and thought that Dolagala would be the much better choice. But in, in fairness to Dolagala, he was kind of thrown in last minute and the Alois just feasted on him, quite frankly. <laughs> they they definitely made it a very long night for him. Uh Forcing turnovers, uh, 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 INTs. I mean, mm -hmm. it was just, it was, it was a rough go for the young man. And you know, it's, it's, it happens. I mean, as, as as they say, some days you're the dog, some days you're the hydrant. And Saskatchewan was definitely the hydrant last Friday against this incredibly, incredibly dangerous Montreal Alouettes defense. That's that was good going into this game and just keeps getting better, quite frankly. Yeah, exactly. And one thing we need to remember, too, is that when we're looking at the receiving stats, because of how few passes that Caleb Evans actually threw, it's funny to see the here the number of receptions by most of you know of our big name guys you know most of them were, were held to one except for uh, except for Tyson Philpot that that got three receptions. But the thing is uh, that if you're just to read that without looking at anything else and thinking, well, this game, this game sucked. Well, that's not even the case because just look at the amount of yards that each of these guys got with their single catch, which is absolutely mind blowing. Absolutely. And Austin Mack, I mean, he had one catch, too. But what a catch. I mean, mm -hmm. to, he, <laughs> Perfectly uh, placed by Caleb Evans over the defender. Perfectly my, placed. My goodness. That, that was just a thing of beauty. And he had so much time and space in the pocket to work with. I, I mean, guy could have got his taxes done while he was there. He had so that much time. <laughs> I, I just, good. just kind of a little flick of the wrist. and whoop, There you go. Here you go. Austin Mack, have a, have a touchdown. And of course, like Austin Mack's going to grab that and, and take it to the house. And it's just 
a thing of beauty. And we were joking with him la- uh, last week as well. I'm like, my God, I mean, that kind of percentage, I mean, man, I, I can't wait to see your PFF scores because it's going to be through the roof. I mean, one catch, but it's for a touchdown. So, <laughs> you know, what's funny, though, dude, is that, you know, you see Austin's, uh, you know, stat line, you know, one reception on two targets or 56 yards, you know, his and that touchdown um, his, his longest being 56. The funny thing is, though, we actually had a player who led the team in yardage, didn't get the touchdown, but he had a hell of a lot longer catch. That happened to be Walter Fletcher. You know, even with all of his running that he did, Fletcher had that one catch for 68 yards. Yeah, and it, it does count as a pass, folks. That's that's the hilarious part. Even though Fletch did all the work with his feet, uh, just running. And, oh, my gosh, I, I have to say this again about Austin Mack. Shout out to Mack for that incredible pancake block to help uh, mm-hmm. Fletcher get a, a few, just a few extra yards. I mean, again, guy's a receiver and he's throwing pancakes. That's hilarious. Yeah. But that that that's that's what's so incredible about this team right now is everybody is pitching in and as they say, a rising tide lifts all boats and everybody's eating as a result. And it's it's just a thing of beauty. It's like you you wonder, okay, who's gonna step up when you got certain guys that are out due to injury? Well, you're seeing that. You're seeing the next man up mentality in, on this team, and it's fantastic. Uh, like this was this was a game that we thought it would be kind of close. We thought it would be kind of like we didn't think it was going to be an absolute blowout like it was. But mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, again, Montreal definitely controlled all three phases of the football. Uh, they got their stars going, and just for for Caleb Evans to come in. And be able to do that, especially like he had a couple of his first couple of years in the league were rough in Ottawa, but he it almost felt like he came into this, the right system for him here in Montreal and nobody was expecting too much. It was just it was simple matter of just do your job. Don't make any mistakes. And these guys are going to help you. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened with Caleb Evans. Yeah, for sure. Final stat line, Caleb Evans, uh, 8 of 13 for 149 yards at one interception in the red zone right after the Alouettes had gotten the ball on a turnover themselves in one TD. Uh, Caleb also had 11 attempts for 66 yards. He himself ran off a 27-yarder, uh, had two rushing touchdowns. Jeshwin Antwi, uh, seven attempts, 47 yards, and his first CFL tutty. Congrats, yeah. obviously, to Jeshwin. Um, big big shout out to Jeshwin, man, because this is another guy that has he, he's he's seen the lowest of the lows and the highest of the highs in his very short time here in oh, Montreal. Yeah, I'm sure everybody, especially you and I, remember that that infamous game back in twenty. What was it? Twenty one. Yeah, 2020, 2021. Yeah, where the, the game ended on a fumble, where with the Owls driving versus Ottawa. I remember. Yeah. But oh yeah, that's all in the past now. We've come a long way from that game, and and I'm so proud of Jeshwin for finally being able to get that tutty. And uh, he said he was going to give the ball to his son, his newborn son. Mm-hmm. That that's awesome. I mean that that's what it's all about, folks. And you know, hopefully this is the first of many for Jeshwin. And once again, yeah, it, not having William Stanback in the lineup is tough and would would decimate a lot of teams. But Montreal Alouettes, man, they 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 just find a way to keep on going. If Standback goes down, then you know you've got Fletcher. You know you got Antwi back there as well. And they're going to do great things if you give them the opportunity. And last Friday was proof positive of that. Yep. Uh, Walter Fletcher, 15 attempts, 73 yards. Uh, his longest was 20. Um, and we're talking about the wide receivers. You know, uh, 
Walter did lead the team in yards for receiving at 68 on that one catch. Then it was Austin Mack on that one catch for 56 yards. <laughs> uh, and then it went to Tyson Philpott, three receptions for 16 yards. Tyler Sneed got into the game, one for 15. Uh, Rita Sivasu, minus four, and Chandler with minus two. But, I mean... Uh, those two plays themselves were, were they were negative plays. The, the defense, this, I will admit, it's one of the few positives for the Saskatchewan defense. Uh, those were the two plays that, that they really, really were ready. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it, it was a tough night for the for the Riders and and such. But uh, you know, there's they, they made a couple of nice plays happen, and they managed to put points on the board as well. I mean, that's that's the thing too is that yes, Montreal. You look at the score, and they absolutely dog walked the Riders, but. I mean, it, it really was a defense. Like the defenses both came out to play. It's just that Montreal's defense just played a, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. That's some some nights. That's really truly how it goes. Uh, yeah. Especially when it's like Riders and Alouettes. I mean, th- but these are always fun games to watch, and there's always something to see in every game, whether it's at Percival Molson Stadium or at Mosaic Stadium. You know that when these two teams get together, it's going to be more often than not, it's going to be a fun, entertaining tilt and. I'm sure Ryder fans wouldn't agree, but last Friday's game was pretty damn entertaining. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, we got to talk about the defense, obviously. Uh, Sean Lemon got himself another quarterback sack, so he's well on the road to getting up to 100 total in his CFL career. Avery Ellis, yeah, had, yeah, Avery Ellis had had a had a quarterback sack, and then a guy that we've been hyping up for the last couple of weeks did it again. Keep calm and Ento. No, it's the other way around. <laughs> keep calm and keep calm and Cabian Anto. There we go. Had that Cabian. interception, uh, another interception, and then Tyrese Beverett with that fumble return for twenty-five yards for a uh, a first scoop and score. Yeah, yeah. No, just it, absolutely incredible the house. And I've got to give a major, major shout out to Reggie Stubblefield. This guy, wow. He he came so close to having. Not one, not two, but three picks. I mean, they end up counting as uh, pass breakups or PBUs, but he should have had a couple of picks himself last uh, last Friday. Mm-hmm. To the point where, like, we even said on Twitter, you owe us push-ups, man, because <laughs> you should have had those. <laughs> and and it, absolutely incredible. What what a game for a stubble field, because let's not forget, Tim, this guy was in training camp, played extremely well, but... Unfortunately, the number get, numbers game led to him being one of the final cuts. And, you know, he could have gotten down about it and, you know, he could have let it, you know, you know, get the better of him. But, you know, he he just stayed ready. That's that's what it is, folks. Like, you got to stay ready because a couple of injuries pop up. And next thing you know, they're calling you because, hey, you were in champ. You know the playbook. You know how Coach Thorpe works. You know, you, you can come and be a part of this. Yeah. And now I, I just don't see any scenario where you could you take this guy off the field because he is just playing electric football, just absolutely outstanding. And it almost feels like it's, it's just going to be a matter of time before he gets a pick six of his own or just makes an absolutely outstanding, outstanding play. Yeah. Uh, again, Reggie. We're so proud of you, man. That 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 that's the good stuff right there. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, we were speaking of Coach Thorpe. We were talking to Coach Thorpe post game uh, about Cavian and the actual, uh, you know, the actual switch that they made. And and he obviously, uh, you know, 
uh, Coach Thorpe said all the right things because I'm sure I, I don't know who had the real hand in switching out Cabin to the other side of the field, but whatever it was, you know, Coach Thorpe and uh, the other uh, defensive coordinators really did make that right choice. Yeah, and sometimes that's all it is. And we we had talked about this a, a few times already over the past few weeks about players that came in and just didn't fit right away. But you'd make a, a certain change, or you you change their position, or even something as simple as yeah, going from the boundary to the field side, and that makes all the difference in the world. Uh, we saw it with the Darius Pickett. We saw it with Wesley Sutton last last year, and this year with KB Nito. My goodness, what a turnaround! Ever since coming back from the bye week, I, I mean. He, he's a completely different player and my good, like I, I don't know if I'd call it comeback player of the year, but my, wow, the, the 180 this guy has done is, is sensational. And coach Thorpe recognizes that he realizes that. And you can tell that he's proud of all of these guys. But I mean, I, I think there's a little part of him that is just extremely pleased with what he's seen out of KB Nento over the past couple of weeks. And it's just a simple matter of he's got to keep it going. He's got to keep making those plays because he's going to become a household name. If this keep the, if he keeps playing like this, keeps playing outstanding football like he has been over the past couple of weeks, there's no question in my mind he is definitely going to be one of those pillars on the LOS defense for you know many many years to come. Yeah, and by the way, and, I, and even even to the point, sorry, even to the point where I'd even mentioned to. Uh, Coach Thorpe about how on the podcast we've been talking about how badly the Alouettes, the Alouettes should be absolutely going out and getting Patrick Levels, and mm-hmm. I still believe that. But now it's almost like, well, go out and get him, but he'd be more of a depth piece than anything else because these guys are stepping up. They are answering the call. You know, they, this is their opportunity to show that they can play in this league, and they've been absolutely doing. They have been answering the bell every single time. And again, it's any chance you get to shut my mouth guys feel free to do so like that that's that's really what it comes down to is just you know stepping up and making big plays happen and that's what this these guys like the jr reeds the kb nentos the reggie stubblefields guys that y'all didn't know about until just recently but now you're learning about these guys and it's it's such a great thing to see i i was you know you know we've had so many issues on defense you know a lot of the guys with with uh, you know, with all the injuries and stuff like that, and, and I'm looking at some of these guys, and that, that they're finally uh, standing out on on the uh, you know on the stat sheet. And, and obviously, stats don't necessarily mean everything, you know, based on on how many tackles you have or, or whatever. But one that really stood out, or that at least one which I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and if you know, Cliff, please correct me. You know, uh, former num- former number one pick, Tyrell Richards. I think he actually set a a career high in tackles for a game. Um, he had five last week, but I mean, you look at it, you just look at it across the board, you know, Beverett had, uh, Beverett had eight, uh, J.R. Reed had seven, uh, Cordell Rogers had five. I mean, you know, again, it, it's just across the board. It's not really a plug and play defense. These guys have been here long enough. And as everybody will see when we do, when we do get to the interview with Wes Sutton, it, it doesn't seem to be a, what can, what can I do for me? It's what what can I do for the team type of thing. So again, you guys will hear that once we get to the actual interview. Yeah, it, it, I, I don't necessarily want to use the term "drink the Kool Aid," but that's essentially what they've done is they've they've bought into the system here in Montreal and have been just absolutely sensational. Like they they are making plays happen. Not perfect, of course. Uh, I still find sometimes they get uh, beat a little bit, especially out in the flats. But I mean, you saw what happened and. 
they just made life miserable for both Mason Fine and Jake Dolagala. Uh, the Riders do do have some talent on offense, and uh, for the most part, they were just pretty well shut down. I, I think even more impressive, though, is like just to veer off a little bit, is mm-hmm. on special teams, Mario Alford. We were worried. Oh my God, this guy's going to yeah. go off. Especially if this is the first time he's faced his team since being traded to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And aside from one really nice run, he he didn't really do anything. Like he he got bottled up by this by this the special teams. So yep, five give, uh, I, five punt returns for thirty seven yards. That's it. You you, you got to give credit to Byron Archambault and the guys on specials. They they did they did what they had to do and. The, the riders just didn't have a whole lot of good starting position really for, for their offense. So, I mean, be able to keep a, a superstar like Mario Alford, who we always talk about like Mario Alford, Chandler worthy. Those are two guys that are absolutely dangerous if given the time and space and simply put Alford did not get a whole lot of time and space to do what he does best. So that's, that's a huge credit to the special teams work that's been put in. And yeah, uh, even though uh, Chandler worthy had a couple of nice runs, but you know, wasn't able to get a whole lot going. Tyson Philpot also too had a couple of nice returns, but you know, by and large, uh, we're, we're still waiting for one of those two guys to have that breakout and house call, get the house call. But you know, maybe, maybe it'll come uh, this coming Saturday against Ottawa. Maybe it'll come later on, but you know, it's coming. I, I, I was honestly surprised we didn't see it against Saskatchewan, but especially too, since they elected to uh, start the game on uh, defense and basically that means kicking off, right away to mm-hmm. Chandler Worthy. And we know what you, you remember what happened last year when that happened. Chandler took the the very first play, the very first, the, the opening kickoff, he took it back to the house. So I, I was ready. I'm like, okay, Chandler, let's see if let's just see if history can repeat itself. But uh, <laughs> lo and behold it did not happen. But uh, you know, once again, cre- credit to this uh, special teams unit. They they've been doing some outstanding work and man that's just comes back to what I said, like all three facets of the football, the Alouettes dominated in a big way this past Friday. Yeah, for sure. And one other thing I want to talk about real quickly uh, that encompasses the game itself, because before we get to our interview with Wes Sutton, um, is specifically the crowd. You know, sure, it was only an announced attendance of 17,027, which, which was down from the previous game. But what many people may not know is that considering the amount of events that were going on in Montreal that night that 17,000 was ruckus was loud it it was as if that place had had almost you know a, a normal 20,000 uh 20,000 people within the stadium itself but props to everybody who showed up despite all the logistical issues that were put upon them with all those different, uh, you know, all again, all those different events that were being held in Montreal that night and and this past weekend. Yeah, it it, it was crazy. Just uh, what what would normally be a twenty minute drive for me ended up being forty five minutes. Just to give you an example. I mean, it's and even though they, they, the the Elwes always encourage you to take public transport, but uh, I mean, just trying to get around the city this past weekend was. Uh, an exercise in patience to be said. And the fact that, yes, you're right. Uh, 17,000 did show up. Um, I know a lot of, uh, rider fans actually made the trip, uh, from, uh, from Saskatchewan down to see the, see the Alouettes play and a shout out to them because, uh, you know, they came, they support their team and, you know, obviously wasn't the result they were looking for. I mean, I'm sure they would have at least, if you're going to lose, at least lose in a competitive match. And this, 
I'm sorry to say it was not a very competitive match for Saskatchewan, but uh, shout out to these fine folks for making the trip down as well. And for everybody that came out and supported and made noise at the right time and just everything, especially with with, with it being country night. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I can take or leave a a theme like that, but uh, at least they played country roads. I I was totally expected not to for for reasons, but... uh, they did play Country Roads and everybody got to sing along. So yeah, right at the that was a, yeah, right after a a commercial break, we came in singing, singing the song. And I, I know there were a few people on social media that actually did comment that they did hear us singing Country Roads on TV. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, it, it, it kind of got shot, it got kind of got overshadowed by the fact that that was Alfred's one really nice return. Mm-hmm. But we were too busy singing to really take notice until after like uh, oh maybe, maybe we should stop this guy and then <laughs> they did so exactly um uh, as i mentioned before at the top of the show hey cliff we have a we got a pretty good interview don't we absolutely so uh you know it, we, we've been wanting to talk to wesley for a while and we were we were very fortunate to be able to have him on this evening um as i said uh kind of short but sweet but uh you know we, we got definitely got a lot of good info out of him definitely got to learn a little bit more about this young man and, uh, I mean, the absolutely fantastic job he's been doing for the Alouettes uh, over the past couple of seasons, uh, I mean, second to none as far as I'm concerned. So uh, I say, without any further ado, let's get into our chat with Wesley Sutton. Uh, on the line with us this week is a gentleman who has been an integral part of the, uh, what has been a very great Alouettes defense uh, we want to find out a little bit more about him, how he got into football, and and what he's uh, obviously about the uh, 2023 Alouettes franchise. On the line with us now, number 37, defensive back Wesley Sutton. Hey, Wesley, thanks for joining us. Of course, thank you for having me. Hey, Wes, we want to find out about uh, about how you got into football. I mean, was there anything in particular that that led you to, you know? joining and, and becoming a football player all those years ago? I mean, was it uh, was it a family member? Was it somebody that you had looked up to that suggested going into football? How did you become the football player that you are right now? Um, yeah, I would give my father. Um, played football growing up in New York. Uh, he played college football. He had a college football career. He had a couple of trials with the um, New England Patriots and the New York Giants. It was kind of a old school tryout, you know, they sent him a letter, hey, meet at this place, we want you to kind of put on a workout, or we're going to put you through a workout, um, but nothing ever um, came from that, so, but it was always something that I kind of kept near and dear to my heart, because, you know, he always tells me stories about his football career in college, um, accolades and college success in, in football. And um, just growing up, hearing him, you know, we always watch football together, uh, NFL games and, and things of that nature. And, um, I grew up a New York Giants fan because both my parents are from New York and my dad said from there as well. So I grew up a Giants fan, loving football, fell in love with it um, just ever since I started playing. That's cool. I mean, it, it's. I mean, uh, uh, we've talked to many other players that have been on the, uh, that are currently on the Alouettes uh, roster too, Wes. And and w- did you just play football as a kid, or because I've spoken to others and they've been you know multi-sport players? But was it always just football for you? No, yeah, I was a athlete as well. I played basketball and I also ran track. I ran track in my junior year of high school. Basketball, I stopped a lot sooner, but 
Um, I was more so, I was a three-sport athlete, more so uh, track and football. Okay. Um, uh, we do know, obviously, we know you went to, to high school at Chandler High. Uh, I think they have a pretty good pedigree, if I'm not mistaken, when it comes to being known as, a, uh, when it comes to, to high school football. And you also then went to college over at Northern Arizona. Uh, quickly, uh, let us know, uh, how was your experience when you were playing for the uh, for the Lumberjacks? Uh, it was a great experience. You know, that was where I played my college football. So there was a lot of, um, a lot of great memories from there. Long four years, you know, I just really grew as a, a player and as a man there, being away from the family and being on my own and um, things like that. But it was always a, a great experience, championships or anything um, like that. So I don't have any um, bragging rights in that area. But um, my college career was was very fun. Um, you were uh, you weren't chosen originally in in the draft in 2019, um, but you did play. <laughs> for a short period of time before the, the cancel season with the New York guardians and the XFL. Um, and, but I want to know mm-hmm. now is that when you were approached or actually who, who told you about the CFL and the Alouettes, had you ever heard of the CFL and, uh, what, what was your initial thought on the actual Canadian game itself? Um, the person who told, I mean, I had seen the CFL football games on, um, I don't know that I don't remember exactly when, um, but just on TV, like I don't remember how old I was at the time, but I remember seeing a couple of games on TV. I remember when, when Johnny Manziel came over to the Alouettes. Um, that was, I think, honestly, when I first saw the Canadian football game, just because um, Johnny Manziel was obviously a big icon coming out of college and into the pros and things of that nature in the football world. So uh, that's, I feel like that's when I saw my first game. Um, I then obviously didn't hear much about it. Um, and then Coach uh, Baron Miles, who really um, introduced me to the CFL football game, um, just the game itself, the game, like I said, as a whole, and also the, um, him being a Hall of Famer um, and having all of the success he did for a 10-year period of time. Um, just learning from him helped me out tremendously. I didn't know anything about it. Um, I just knew I wanted to play football and um, that opportunity came up basically through him, um, giving me a shot, kind of putting my name out there and him sticking his neck out for me. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much how I learned the game. Basically told me about the LOS and I obviously still didn't know a lot until I came up here and, um, had to experience it for myself. Yeah, and speaking of, uh, obviously you get here for your very first training camp. Uh, you know, it's not held in Montreal that year. I'm trying to remember if in 21. It was, uh, I don't think it was held. It in Mon- was. In yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's right after, yeah, within the, the COVID era itself. But what, what, were your, uh, yeah. what were your initial thoughts on Montreal, the language and uh, the language barrier that you, you had coming in? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, during camp, I mean, you know, we didn't have much of time to, go experience anything if I did. I didn't know which way to go, really. <laughs> you know, I was just in this, in this new city. Um, I didn't have a car, so I was pretty much just staying put um, in the hotel during <clears throat> camp. But when I actually made the team, um, started exploring, and French language wasn't uh, extremely foreign to me. It wasn't the first time I heard the language because uh, my grandma is originally from France. So um, growing up, she always kind of whenever she never taught me that, and I don't speak it fluently, but she would greet me with you know bonjour, ça va, things like that. 
and um, I would respond in the ways that she had, had taught me. But uh, so it wasn't like super foreign. But I mean, obviously, getting up here is a whole new experience. Actually, you know, with it being the dominant language um, out here, so I think it's it's fun. Uh, I don't. I, I've learned, tried to learn as much as I can. It's it's fun to be a part of, and you know, from America, um, Arizona specifically, you know, they speak <clears throat> obviously predominantly English, but the second language you would say is, is Spanish. And I took a couple years of Spanish growing up, but um, I was never obviously never understood French to the extent that I somewhat do now. So I'm trying to grow more in it um, as the years go by that I've been. Up. And, and uh, obviously, you know, just a little bit that you had there, Wes, you're already a step ahead of a lot of the American players that, that came up here already because I, I'm sure, as you know, even just speaking, you know, just bre- greeting them as a bonjour, you know, as you said, uh, it means a lot mm-hmm. to the, 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 you know, the kids that you meet and to the other fans. So uh, I'm sure you made an impression immediately, as I said, uh, when, you, when you're here in the city. So, um, yeah, con- you know, obviously props to you, bud. Uh, Cliff. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Wesley, we we got to know you uh, uh, 2022 season, uh, starting with the team, and uh, you started out as quarterback, and then you moved to halfback. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a bit of a struggle at first for you, but I think you along the way you, you you got it figured out. And I remember even talking to you about it to you last year, like how at first things didn't seem like it was clicking, but then all of a sudden, like it almost felt like a, a switch flipped, and you got it down. Was there anything in, in particular that? You can attribute that to as far as what changed from getting it all of a sudden? Um, I would say reps. The more that you, you do it, um, the better you get at it, especially if you're that's what you're trying to do. You know, you're trying to get better. Um, I know what type of player that I've, um, the gifts that I have and that God has been has blessed me with. I knew that I'm, I was capable. Um, I just needed more reps, needed more understanding of the waggle and, and you know, what type of route, what, what routes look like off of the waggles and being able to gauge the waggle and things like that. You know, DB is a very hard position already. Um, and then you add a, a 10 yard, eight to 10 yard head start, um, you know, <laughs> gets even harder. So, um, but just getting reps in practice, you know, Reggie White Jr. all day um, got me a lot better. Um, and then staying healthy and being able to um, reach every game last year and, and be active in every game. Um, you know, you just continue to grow and get those reps under your belt. And um, finally, you know, it just clicked. Oh, I'll, I'll say, I mean, you, you end up finishing the season with some incredible numbers. Uh, I, I still think back to that game in Winnipeg, uh, which a lot of people have said was basically the turnaround for the Alouettes to go from two and six all the way to nine and nine and all the way to the Eastern final. I mean, that to me, I think was, I'm not saying it's all because of you, but, if you want to take the credit for it, you're you're more than welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm not going to take that credit for it, but uh, it was it was a fun game, that's for sure. Being in that stadium and that atmosphere, it was a lot of fun to be there and um, come out with the win, especially against an undefeated team at the time. hundred percent, and and also too, they they pride themselves on being the loudest fans, but man. After like once uh, Legio missed that field goal, you could hear a mouse fart. That's how quiet it was. Yeah, right. <laughs> like a pin drop. It was real quiet. Exactly. <laughs> uh, coming into this season, Wes, uh, you had basically stated that you wanted to be your your goal was to be the defensive player of uh, like the most outstanding defensive player this year. Uh, 
you got off to a heck of a start in Hamilton with that pick six. I mean, that that that's one way to get people noticing you. From what you've been able to see so far this year, I mean, I I know there's still a lot of racetrack left. Where I mean, we're but we're essentially yeah. at the halfway point. Do you do you still see yourself in that position, or do you still think there's more th- stuff that needs to be worked on in order for you to attain that goal of most outstanding defensive player? Um, I mean, that's my personal goal, um, but it's not what wakes me up every day and every morning uh, to go to work. Uh, what wakes me up to go. Is, you know, the guys in the locker room and, and us as a whole, you know, winning. Um, that's what I'm here to do, and that's what I want to continue to achieve. But um, when you talk about personal goals, I also, you know, expect the best for myself, and I want to consider myself to be as one of the best. And um, if I don't have that mindset, if I don't have, you know, that type of goal, I feel like I'm selling myself short. Um, so it's not, you know, it, it wasn't it's not anything that I'm breaking my head over, um, you know, if you know if it doesn't happen that's not like if we win we're winning playoff games we're going to the great cup and and i leave with a with with the cup you know that's a hundred times better than than an individual trophy um it's not something that i'm like really pressed about um i'm just that was just they asked me that question and, and even like kind of looking back saying that i they kind of not twisted. I'm not going to say they twisted it, but they made it, uh, me watching it, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, that kind of sounded real, <clears throat> like, and selfish in a kind of way, and I'm a real selfish guy, so it's just personal goal that's always, you know, I want to consider myself to be the best. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to always believe that I can achieve the highest of goals um, in this sport, but, you know, as a whole, I'm, I'm good. You know, we're five and three. We're second in the East. It's not where we we want to be, but um, I'm grateful for the run that we're on right now. And, um, you know, like I said, if, when we hang our that great cup over our head at the end um, as the champion, that'll be 100 times sweeter than an individual trophy. Well, that's that's what we're hoping for, too, my man. I mean, that's something that uh, <laughs> we, we haven't had since 2010. And I think uh, Alouette's fans are long overdue for a great cup party. Definitely. <laughs> uh Fun fact, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but do you do you know that you're not the only Sutton to have worn number 37 for the Alouettes? I am not. I know Coach uh, Tyrell Sutton. I don't know what – I know he played running back. I don't think he was 37, or was that him that wore 37? He's the only Sutton that's familiar with that play for that. Well, you're on the right track. Actually, his, uh, his first year breaking into the league, he wore number 37. Oh, wow, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he switched. He ended up switching to 20, but uh, yeah, he's technically the first. And I guess, so now you're you're carrying on the legacy for him. So <laughs> I don't, know if, he's ever, I don't know if he's ever mentioned it to you or not. I'm guessing not because he... <laughs> no, yeah, he never uh, mentioned that to me. Just us having the same last night, last name. Like, we joke around and when we address each other, like, we say, what's up, cuzzo? Like, cousin, <laughs> just you know, We have the same last name, but he's never told me about him wearing 37. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him about that tomorrow, as a matter of fact, and have a little laugh with him because I didn't, I didn't know that. Oh, and then he's going to ask, who told you? And then you're going to say, oh, I sound like, oh, those sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but, hey, man, you're, you're a popular guy, man. You know, watching you fall and somebody mentioned it to me, so. <laughs> All right, we won't give too much longer, Wes. But um, obviously, uh, big game coming up against Ottawa. Uh, as you said, the, this team right now, the, the momentum is 
running high right now. Everything's going. It seems like everything's starting to finally click for this defense. Like, and you guys have been playing absolutely outstanding football. How do you guys keep it going? Like, what motivates you? Besides, obviously, the obvious goal of getting to the Great Cup and everything. But how do you guys keep each other motivated uh, every day throughout practice and that? Um, just dominance is addicting, you know. So like. When you dominate, it's an addicting feeling. It's something that you you know you feel inside, especially a group of people dominating. Uh, you know it gets very addictive, and just every day we come to work. Um, that's you know our goal and our standard is is to dominate and is to get the game plan down and understand what we're, where we're supposed to be um, and executing the calls. You know just having fun as a defense. Um, you know defense wins championships. And, I solely believe that. And going back to what I was saying about me watching football with my dad all the time, he always, um, although he was a Giants fan, loved watching the Ravens, Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, he's a big defensive guy. He played safety growing up, and he would love, he's a physical guy, you know. So um, watching the Baltimore Ravens defense growing up, like, they were physical from top to bottom. They were dominant. They believed they were best. Like, and when they walked in the arena and to the, to the stadium, you could you knew they were there. And um, that's something that keeps us going, just that, that want to. And, um, you know, especially with Coach Dork, who's a guy that's easy to play for. Um, just makes it fun, makes it easy. Um, and we want to obviously continue to keep that going because it's helped our team. Uh, we got to do do our part as a defense. 100%. All right, Wesley, we, we've taken up far too much of your time already. We definitely appreciate you coming on and joining us. Uh, how does everybody find you on social media? Um, Instagram is Can't Stop West. Uh, can't stop West one and also Twitter as well. The same thing. Um, follow me on Twitter, Instagram. Love the Alex fans. I'm all for it. Give me a follow, and uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a guy that'll follow you back. There you go. You heard it, Alouettes Nation. So that's your man right there, Wesley Sutton. Wes, thanks again so much for joining us here on the Alouettes Flight Deck. We appreciate you, and we're looking forward to seeing you and the guys go out to Ottawa, do your thing, and. Come back home with that W, won't you? Uh, Yes, we will. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I still love hearing how these guys got got into football and uh, what what makes them tick. And obviously, Wes has made a name for himself in Montreal. And uh, we're hoping, obviously, that he'll be with with us on the team for quite a while. Oh, 100%. As I've said on numerous occasions, he has really stepped up and become – an integral part of this Elwood's defense. Uh, he's done a phenomenal job. Uh, and again, it, it, the way that things are going right now, you know, I, with the work that he's been putting in and the absolutely outstanding plays that he's been a part of. Yeah. I could definitely see him being in the discussion for most outstanding defensive player. Uh, I hope for his sake, it happens. And, uh, you know, we'd be thrilled as hell to know that, uh, you know, going to the CFL Awards uh, later this year and seeing Wesley Sutton there as the Eastern nominee would be extremely, extremely cool. So here's hoping that's the case. Uh, Wes, once again, thanks so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, give him a follow on on, on social media and, uh, you know, g- get on board with this young man because he, he is going places and he wants to bring you with him. Exactly. I uh, want to do a quick follow-up to something that I brought up last week, and we got a little bit more information on it. Um, a, a small update itself. I know we were talking about, Cliff, about how we had noticed that Coach Moss had been wearing recently a uh, some sort of logo which has all these different symbolisms on it and stuff like that. And we were hope, hoping to speak with Coach Moss to get some more, uh, you know, s- some 
insight into what some of the stuff was. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to get the information, but there is there's more of a reason why. It's because uh, we basically can say from what we heard from Coach Moss is that everything will be come out sooner or later on what it actually means, and there will be a full but from what it sounds like, there's going to be a full description of what everything means on this logo. Because from what we saw, Cliff, this logo, and well, I can tell you this is something that he has never done before in his in his career as a coach. Um, he's really, uh, this thing, this logo and the symbolism really means a lot to him. Yeah, and he talked about the fact that it's it's meant to include everybody here in Montreal and in Quebec and you know, any, anyone who's associated with the Alouettes, like there's there's a lot of little nods to the past and little, you know, little Easter eggs, if you will, to things that stuff that true Alouettes fans will know, recognize and appreciate. And he want he, again, he wanted to put his own sort of individual stamp on on this team. And obviously with the with coaching that he's done so far this year. I think he has done a lot of that, but just to sort of symbolize it a little bit with his logo. And I know it sounds very cryptic and and stuff, but as he stated, because you know he he's just like when it comes to choosing his starting quarterback uh, last Friday, you know, <laughs> kept his keeping his cards very close to the vest. And even this said, week, even this week in, the, in his media scrum, yeah, that, that's true too. But uh, he he basically said all will be revealed, and you, you know it. All will be explained, so it's just one of those stay tuned, folks, because, uh, you know, it, it's pretty neat. And to, to know that uh, Coach Moss has this, you know, need and desire to be a part of Alouette's nation and to fully embrace being the head coach of this team and getting people to buy into this team and getting his players involved in this as well, it it's great. I mean, this is what truly makes a strong locker room. This is what makes... People want to play for this guy. People want to, you know, do well for Coach Moss. I, it, it's stuff like this that really checks off all the boxes, as, as far as I'm concerned. So, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what uh, what the future is going to hold for this. I, I, I'm I'm really curious to see the explanation here, and also too for each and every one of you to see what the hell we're talking about because we've seen it and it. it it's just look. You it's have intriguing. to look. When, you, when you see Coach Moss on TV. Just look. Supposedly, this logo is going to show up more and more within within the uh, on the team itself and on players. So you will see it. I said, if they ever show a picture of Coach Moss there on television or even in one of his scrums, look. You'll see the logo itself. It may not be that clear. I said, same thing to us. It may not be that clear, but there's a lot behind it. So um, there's more. More again. We can't wait till the information comes out. Post game, Cliff, we got to speak with a couple of the players. Um, we can give a slight update on on uh, Kay and Julian Grant on his status. Originally, we thought that uh, his injury itself was when he dislocated his finger. Um, that wasn't the case. We actually got a quick update because he was in a cast, and we did find out that it had to do with a hit that he took to his, uh, I guess we can say to his up uh, around his wrist area in the same game. So. That's what he's dealing with. Obviously, he wants to be back on the field. It, it was, you know, you could tell that he really wanted to be on the field, but he was proud in how his, his teammates were, were able to step up and, and to, um, uh, you know, help during the time that he's out of the, out of the lineup. 
Oh, definitely. And we've talked about like just how important this this receiving core is. Like the, a lot of people were sleeping on them throughout the offseason. And there was a lot of who the hell, who the heck is this guy kind of thing. But I mean, Kayon knew, like, you know, the talent that was in the locker room when it came to the, the, the wide receivers. And I, I, I know it's got to be killing him to not be able to be out there and, and, and put on his uniform and, and make outstanding plays happen. He wants to be a part of that so bloody bad. But you know what? If you're going to get injured, this is the time to do it. Heal up and be ready for the playoff run because, I mean, barring something catastrophic, I mean, I, the way this Alouette's team is trending, it's not a matter of if they'll be in the playoffs. It's when and potentially where they'll be playing that playoff game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another thing that I want at least to mention and before I see if there are any more thoughts from you uh, about post game um, is that we were able to speak with uh, with Al, Al's president Mark Waitman, and uh, he wanted to make sure that we uh, that he told us um, expect big things at the next home game, especially with it with the Alouettes giving. Uh, you know, accolades to all of the former uh, Montreal Pro Football members who are who are, you know, who are inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Um, he wanted to stress specifically that um, this is something in his mind that is going to be done the right way. I kind of brought up the the thing about with with John Bowman originally when he was here when it was you know with the COVID restrictions et cetera and in what did or did not happen when he was here uh, initially to you know to celebrate his career um but again uh mark wanted to say anybody who's going to be at that game or if you are thinking of or need a reason to go to the game uh in a couple of weeks halftime show uh will be one supposedly one to remember and one that people will go will leave remembering what was done on the field. So I, I just can't wait. You know, just just hearing, you know, just seeing who we have, who who they're gonna be looking at and who they're gonna be um who they're gonna be uh uh honoring. Uh, I, I can't wait for that game versus uh, uh versus the BC on September uh, on September second. Yeah, it's kind of funny because John Bowman will be at that game, not as a guest of the Alouettes, but rather as a coach of the BC Lions. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see him get honored as as well as he should. There's no question about that. But the fact that he'll be doing it while as a member of the BC Lions will be interesting, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's for sure. But again, it's um, anything before we head to the... Uh... Uh, preview of this week's game versus Ottawa. Anything else that you took away from post game? Uh, I mean, you could just tell the the energy, the excitement. There's a, a a lot of a lot of feeling like, okay, this is for real. The, this team is for real. And despite the setbacks, despite the injuries, despite uh, you know any number of reasons why the Alouettes could have lost this game. There, there, there was simply no. They, they were not having any of that. It was just a simple matter of okay, you know what you have to do, just go out and do it. And that's exactly what this team did. That's why they got the win was because they went out, they did their job and did it extremely well. And that was the sense I got from talking to the players afterwards. Was like this, that that good feeling that that moment the momentum is still with this team and is still going on. I mean, it's like, my goodness, Tim. Like we're we're sitting at five and three. Second place, uh, and honestly, like I, I, I know Toronto just is just 
so difficult to beat. I mean, but they are beatable. I, I mean, we could see a true dogfight between Montreal and Toronto, like going towards the towards the end of the season, and it's it's going to be fun. Like that's the thing is, it's like this this is going to be fun right now. Like the the, the entire East Division is, is as far as I'm concerned, like it's. It's they're not the least division anymore. They are definitely the East division. Uh, there's there's so much to like. There's so much competition, and man, I mean, I know they say the 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 CFL season doesn't truly get started until Labor Day, but for what the Alouettes have been able to do so far, and, and really making their case as being one of the top tier teams in this league, it, it's fantastic. It is something that. I wouldn't say you and I expected it to happen, but we saw what what's been going on throughout the offseason. We saw all the moves that was made. We saw the work that was put in during training camp and into the start of the season. And a lot of people are surprised, but I, I think you and I were kind of looking at this like this is more or less what we expected out of this team. And even when they, they made mistakes, like, okay, they're correctable. These are it's not like they keep making the same mistake over and over again, and that's the reason why they lost. I mean Simply put, those three losses were against arguably three of the best teams of the Canadian Football League. So that, that's nothing to be ashamed of. I, I think that this Alouettes team is definitely opening a lot of eyes league-wide. And a lot of people will have no choice but to simply acknowledge that this Alouettes team is for real. They believe in themselves. We believe in them. And now it's just a matter of everybody else is going to have to get on board and start believing as well. Because, quite frankly, this, this is a team that is going to be exciting to watch and very, very competitive, especially as the summer turns to fall and things start getting serious in this league. Uh, there, there's just so much to love and there's so much to be appreciative of when it comes to this team. It, it's it's just, it does my heart good. That's I guess that's the best way to put it is, it does my heart good to see this team so cohesive and competitive and just ready to go out each and every game day and just, play outstanding football and you really truly can't ask for more than that mm-hmm. no i agree uh alouette say uh, because the cfl transaction wire is still broken uh <laughs> we did but we were able to find out through uh, a press release that the alouettes actually did sign another quarterback signed on to the practice roster uh it's 24 24 year old american uh Reece he played over at um uh, the university of richmond um, it was mentioned, I think it mentioned in the paper today, um, that, you know, this has nothing to do with, with Cody Fajardo, uh, the current situation with Cody Fajardo. This is something they had already always said that they wanted to have, bring in another quarterback, uh, for the practice squad. Uh, any, any thoughts on Udinsky? I haven't seen much of his tape, but, uh, um, obviously, you know, for him throwing what I mean, 29 touchdowns, 3,600 yards in his last year, uh, sorry, in his career with Richmond. So uh, you, you, you can't complain. No, definitely. And another big body, uh, 6'4", 224. I mean, I, I'm not expecting him to replace Caleb Evans as far as short yardage goes, but uh, also doesn't hurt to have another big body presence under sender. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely someone that's, if given the right environment, uh, definitely could learn a lot uh, playing in this league. Definitely could learn a lot uh, from Anthony Calvillo, of course. Uh, being a finalist, too, for the Walter Payton Trophy is uh, nothing to sneeze at as well. So, I mean, there's you know, there's, there's definitely some nice potential here. So how much of an opportunity he's going to get, only time's going to tell. But uh, I guess a lot will depend on how Fajardo's 
quote unquote injury situation is. Uh, will he get a chance to dress? I truly don't know. I, I guess as long as uh, Jason Moss and the coaching staff continue to try and play uh, mind games as far as will Cody start, <laughs> will he not? Yeah. I guess we'll, you know, it, it makes it really hard to say, but, uh, you know, listen, I, I hope this young man does well and, uh, you know, he's here to learn. I think and he's he's in a great environment. He's going to be surrounded by some great coaches that can teach him. And it, it really will come down to him. Like, how bad does he want it? And will he get a chance to show what he can do? I sincerely hope so. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Cody and and uh, different players and stuff like that, you know, the Alouettes are heading heading to, to Ottawa this weekend to, to play the Red Blacks. Uh, the Alouettes are currently listed as a uh, as a two and a half point favorite. A road favorite, too, man. Two and a half point favorite. The over-under is listed currently at 47. Some of the very interesting uh, things specifically are coming out of the the last two days uh, of practice. Uh, And by the way, people don't sneeze at this. The Alouettes have won the last seven in Ottawa. This this is a you know this is Ottawa who dominated in Montreal, but this is this is also Montreal who's been dominating in Ottawa. So. Either you know, it's still they've been all great matches. Obviously, these seven games, the last seven games. I mean, but still, um, injury report itself is very. And we talked about Cody Fajardo already. Uh, last two days, he's been limited. Cliff. One of the interesting things, by the way, one of the very interesting things on this actual injury report comes from Brock Gowanlock. Everybody remember that name? Remember the hit that he he made in during the preseason that caused a fumble, which was just absolutely amazing. Um, his shoulder. He's off the sixth game, dude, and he's been a full participant for the last two days. And that that that's fantastic. Especially like you look at this defensive line, and yeah, there's some absolute studs on there. As, and the addition to Sean Lemon, as we've talked about, has just upped everybody's game considerably. And you almost have to wonder, like, okay, at what point is Brock Gallenlock going to be able to get in there and get some some honest to goodness reps and I would love to see him in there just simply because he is definitely a difference maker. Uh, as you, you alluded to, the, uh, the the heavy hitter potential is, is there for sure. Uh, he will not look out of place alongside of a Sean Lemon or Jamal Davis or or Lowell Ugalak. Uh, I mean, man, I mean, if you could find a way to get Gowanlock into this lineup, which is already very stout and very dangerous to start with, I mean that that's just going to make a good thing even better. So I, I sincerely hope if there's a way that you can get Gowanlock dressed and in the lineup against Ottawa, that's just going to make life so much easier. And Noel Thorpe, of course, is just going to be licking his chops even further, uh, going up against his former employer, the Ottawa Red Blacks. Yeah, that's true. Uh, as we mentioned before, Cody Fajardo, he's been limited for the first, you know, the the last two days of practice. Um, Wayne Stambeck is back. seems to be is back practicing. Uh, he has been a full participant. Uh, Amando Sewell, which we know just came back last week after an injury. He was limited today, but he was a full practice on Tuesday. So we'll see what, what that, that leads to Christian Matt though. Uh, Cliff actually, had, uh, this thing has a knee injury. He hasn't practiced for the past two days at all. So we'll have to find out, uh, what, what his game status will be when the, uh, uh, when the depth charts, we'll see what, well, tomorrow and then the depth charts on Friday. Uh, Austin Mack did not practice today, even though he was a full participant yesterday. Uh, Reggie Stubberfield, the guy we were talking about earlier, uh, he was limited today after being, uh, after being, did not practicing at all on Tuesday. Um, any names on here that, 
that you expected to see and do not. Like for me, it uh, would it would be like Greg Ellingson. Is he or is he not off the sixth game? Because he remember, I think last week he did. Was it last week he practiced or the week prior he did practice? So, uh, you know, we haven't seen his name pop up in, in uh, potentially two games. No, and again, I, I I have to wonder is if if Ellingson's ever truly going to see action in an Alois uniform, because you look at the receivers that this team has, and even with K on Julian Grant on the sixth game. You look at the studs that are the young studs that are there, and I just don't see how you can sit any one of them for for Ellingson, even if he is healthy and ready to go. So I'm I can't help but wonder if uh, maybe it's just a simple matter of okay, yeah, Ellingson's on the team, but to what end? I mean, he does he does lend a veteran presence without question, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that he's even been acting as a bit of a coach for a lot of these young guys, like just showing them the ropes and how to how to perform in this league. And that is extremely valuable, but yeah, we did. We did see him on the, on the sidelines last game. So he was, he he is making him his presence known. That's, that's the good thing as, as a, as a longtime vet. Sure. But I mean, like this is a young man's game too. And I just, I have to wonder though, if will we ever see Greg Ellingson line up in the Alouettes in a regular season game? I, I just don't know. I, I really, truly don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, what are we looking at for this game? As I said, you know, yes, sir, the Alouettes have won the last seven in Ottawa. Um, but, you know, some of them have been close games. And uh, this obviously is not the same Ottawa team that the Alouettes played back in week one. It definitely isn't. And a lot of that comes down to two, two, two words, Dustin Crumb. This guy has come literally out of nowhere. Uh, well, I guess unless you consider uh, the... Uh, M- the MAC conference in college football somewhere, but and a lot of people do. I'm not. I'm not dissing it by any means. I, I love me some action as well. But uh, Dustin Crum has uh, come in and really given hope again to these uh, to our nation and 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 this Red Blacks team. Uh, you never feel like they're completely out of a game. Like a couple of games earlier this year, they were just getting embarrassed, but I couldn't get anything going. But I mean, they've been competitive even in losses. They've been very competitive. I mean, this is definitely not a team you can sleep on by any stretch. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how this Noel Thorpe defense does against uh, Crum and the Red Blacks because, you know, they're they're looking to feast. And as far as they're concerned, this is just another young quarterback that everybody seems to think, oh, okay, you know, they're, they're going to show – this is going to be the guy. This is going to be a guy that's going to show up uh, the Alouettes. And, hey, good luck to you because this defense, as far as I'm concerned, is – Top tier, without question. As far as I'm concerned, this is a top tier defense, and Dustin Crum is definitely going to have his work cut out for him. Uh, it's also going to be kind of a, a homecoming, if you will, for Caleb Evans, uh, returning to his uh, former stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not he gets to start, uh, I mean, again, they, as we said, they're they're still liking to play the, the mind games a little bit with this. But uh, if he does start, you know he's going to be motivated. You know he's going to be amped, especially coming off a big win over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, he's going to want to go into TD place. And once again, just give a gentle reminder to the Red Blacks, like, I was here, and y'all didn't think enough of me to keep me around. So, you know, I I, I expect him to have a good game and to really show off and and, and make some some outstanding plays happen. 
yeah, I, I look at this game and I mean, it's not going to be a gimme by any stretch I, I <laughs> for either team. But, uh, you know, I, I think Montreal, though, has just the momentum right now is off the charts. Uh, the defense absolutely on point. And this offense, I mean, whether it's on the ground or through the air, they're definitely making plays happen. And they're going to have to bring that, quite frankly, to Ottawa because their defense, too, is, you know, is dangerous enough and can definitely make plays happen too. So really, truly, I, I don't think Montreal is looking past this team. I know they've got a, a tough game against Winnipeg next Thursday, uh, but I don't think they're looking past Ottawa at all. I, I think they want to go and they want to cement themselves even further. And with uh, the Argos on a bye week, they can make up a little bit of ground there as well. So, you know, there's, there's definitely motivation for both teams to win this game. Uh, but I, I just see Montreal wanting to come in and just based on the fact of how well they've been playing as of late, they got to keep it going. Simply put, they got to keep it going and keep everybody on notice as far as how, how truly good this football team is. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. And is it, I, I, um, games, you know, games like this can easily frighten me because I've mentioned it many, many times here on the pod that, uh, you know, we've seen in years past where the, Alou- where it looks like the Alouettes have, have looked, beyond an actual opponent especially you know specifically in in ottawa and and they just you know the outcome is not what we want it to be so um but so far so good the dreaded trap game yeah yeah exactly exactly so but so far so good from what we've seen so uh, i'm looking forward to the game itself uh just to let you fans know that who may be listening in the ottawa area uh the flight deck will be uh, we'll be there live, so make sure you uh, reach out to us on socials and uh, and let us know where you're going to be. And uh, um, it's it, it's great following the Alouettes on the road, you know, especially in person. Oh, definitely. As I said uh, earlier this year, I was in Hamilton, uh, watched the Alouettes play absolutely fantastic football there. Uh, always fun going to TD Place, and it's, it's such a great stadium. Uh, great fans over there at our nation as well. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to being there Saturday to check it out. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, folks, if you're able to, if you're not, if you're in Montreal, like jump in the car, head on down the 401 and go support this football team. Mm-hmm. They, they deserve it, quite frankly. So mm-hmm. and guess what? It's a Saturday. So you're not working the next day. You don't have school the next day. Yes, so, sir. you know, you know, instead of going to the cottage or anything like that, you know, hit the road, get some friends together, do the road trip thing, make your way to TD Place, and go support your Montreal Alouettes, folks, on the road. I mean, they deserve it, quite frankly. Exactly. Um, we are going to be back next week, obviously, uh, to talk about the, the Ottawa matchup. Just want to remind everybody, though, uh, that, yes, usually, usually, uh, Flight Deck Live is broadcast over on our Instagram well, stay tuned for, for potentially the very first Flight Deck Live on A, YouTube page, and B, on our Twitter account. So Ooh. look out on all of our socials. There should be, a, once something is actually scheduled, you will see it there. Uh, I know on YouTube you will see the, the link and when we're going to go live. Um, but uh, stay tuned for, a, uh, uh, for the next chapter uh, for the Alouette's flight deck when it comes to a live broadcasting. And I, I'm, I'm psyched. I'm psyched. Absolutely. And folks, honestly, truly the best way to know what's going on 
is stay subscribed to the Alouettes Flight Deck, whether it's, you know, through social media, whether it's through Twitter slash X, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. If you're subscribed to the YouTube page, then you're going to get notified immediately when we go live. I mean, that's that's just how it works. Or uh, make or sure, make sure you turn on that you hit that bell so you know when we go live. Exactly. I mean. We we want you all on part uh, on board with us as, as we continue this adventure as we evolve flight deck live and, and truly make it I won't say must see TV necessary but I guess must download TV I, I'm not sure but uh, we still must watch it's still must, <laughs> must watch. watch that's perfect that, that's what I meant <laughs> must watch TV or well not even on t- oh, I know but um, close enough close enough Doesn't just tune in <laughs> exactly so stay so, tuned yes, make sure make, Yes, make sure you're subscri- sorry. Make sure you're subscribed, and uh, you know, by all means, folks, uh, check it out. Once the game is finished, uh, we'll send out the notification. We'll let you know when we're going live because we will do it live from the nation's capital and share our thoughts, good, bad, or other, about the game against the Ottawa Red Blacks. So please make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you tune in, and just make sure you're following along, folks. However, however you do it. Please make sure you're following along. Exactly. We appreciate you, everybody who listens to the show and who happens to watch everything that we do uh, and uh, over on YouTube and all of our socials. But uh, again, uh, if it wasn't for you, we'd be talking to ourselves. So, Cliff, I will see you in the nation's capital. And and fans, we will speak to you next week. So if everybody here at the Alouette's Flight Deck, for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach. Take off! Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.